On this episode of the Breaking the Game Show, Austin and I talk about the latest stories that have come out of the NBA this week. We talk about Russell Westbrook's value possibly being taken for granted. We talk about Dennis Schroeder turning down the Lakers' contract extension. We talk about LeBron James possibly recruiting Steph Curry. We talk about our NCAA tournament standouts. We get into J.J. Redick and much, 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 much more towards the end of the show. You're not going to want to miss a single minute of it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back with you after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Break in the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me as always is my buddy Austin Carr. Austin, what's up, brother? Not a whole lot, man. It's just been a nice day. I had the day off of work, and Ooh. I'm here to do this with you again, like always. It's the best part of my day. How you doing? Oh, man, that's what's up. I, I'm not as good as you. I did not have the day off. I've actually only been home for like, say, two hours or so. But other than that, you know, the day's not going terribly too bad and like you said man like anytime i get to talk basketball with you it's always it's always a fun time man so i'm ready i'm in, and i'm excited for today's show me too we've got a lot of different stuff going on we want to talk about so yeah we're going to talk a little bit about the nba obviously but we're going to talk a little bit about college basketball a little bit because you know guess what college basketball eventually turns into nba basketball at some point you know is the circle of yes, life it does yeah so going to be talking about all that fun stuff today. Austin and I each have a, a tournament prospect that has stood out to us, whether it be solely because of the tournament or just their play throughout the season. But before we get going too far, I want to remind everybody that support for Breaking the Game is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Austin and I are part of that 2 million men worldwide. Shout out to the other. I'm not going to do quick math here, but uh, everyone else added up to us. That would mean 2 million men. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners today. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BTG. That stands for breaking the game at manscaped.com. That's BTG at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Awesome. What's up with that deal, man? It's a heck of a deal, isn't it? I mean, free shipping is valuable enough nowadays, but 20% off, can't beat it. And the code's so easy, BTG, geez, even I can't forget that. No, I mean, you're listening to Breaking the Game. You know, all those letters are part of it. That's kind of the reason why we went with that promo code. Kept it simple, because we're simple men. Yes, we are. (laughs) There you go. All right, so now that we're done paying the bills for Breaking the Game, not only for us, but we are a part of the Off the Ball Network. Please go to Off the Ball network.com for all of your sports needs and you can check out all the podcasts that are available there as well but we're going to continue on with the nothing but net show here on the dash radio program that you're listening to now and we got some cool stories that we want to talk about and the first one austin mm-hmm. is russell westbrook's value now recently in in the news russell westbrook has been drawing a lot of criticism or praise depending on which camp you know you're a part of And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is that Russell Westbrook has been putting up gaudy numbers for quite some time now. But recently, on my birthday, as a matter of fact, Austin, March the 29th, thank you so much. On March the 29th, 
He was the first player in NBA history to record 35 points and 20 assists. He also became the Wizards franchise leader in triple doubles in his lone season and as a part of that organization. Isn't that crazy, Austin? Yes, it is. And it's it's just Russell Westbrook's kind of entire career is just crazy to me. Like he's averaging a triple double again this year. Right, right now. That's insane. And it, it doesn't even get talked about anymore. Like when he did oh, it the first time, talked about. It, it, it is today for sure. It's being <laughs> talked about some, but it's just like not even a big deal to people though, I guess is how I feel. Um, nobody says enough about it. I mean, just look at the numbers that he puts up. He did it, what, three years in a row, right? And averaged mm-hmm. like 30 points a game. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, you know, yeah, the triple-double has been watered down to an extent. I think it's a lot easier to, you know, get assists than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But you got to give him his props. He's, he's been pretty special for a long time. Yeah, and there's a couple ways that I could go at that conversation that you just laid down. But what I really want to focus on is the part where you said no one's really talking about it, and he's been doing it for quite some time. That's kind of the the precipice, if you will, of Stephen A. Smith, who is a part of you know the big network. Uh, he took to Twitter, as he normally does, basically saying that Russell Westbrook's numbers mean nothing to him. They, not, they don't contribute to winning nor championships. Now, Russell Westbrook, of course, didn't take this laying down. He responded not really in a bad way, but he said, you know, basically a championship doesn't dictate the type of player he is, you know, and he considers himself a champion for leaving the streets of L.A. of L.A. and having success. Stephen A. replied back saying that, well, for one, his wife took to Twitter and social media to, you know, defend him and a great wife. Right. So. Stephen A actually gave her credit for defending, you know, her husband and our buddy Robert Cruz says no one is doing it as uh, consistent as he is and wholeheartedly agree. But Stephen A. Smith, as much as he gave praise for his wife for defending him, Stephen A. said, you know, hey, I'm from the streets, too, and I can't come on here and just say it doesn't matter how I perform as an analyst. You know, I'm already a winner based on where I come from. Basically saying it doesn't matter what you used to do and where you came from on the streets. We have to be able to analyze your basketball game. I get that a little bit. But to say that Russell Westbrook's numbers mean nothing, I think is a little bit extreme. Uh, Stephen A. also pointed out to the fact that he's had a number of really spectacular teammates that he could not win a championship with. And that's really what it all boils down to, Austin. It, It always comes down to the ring. This is ring culture at its finest. And before I turn it over to you, I just want to point out a couple things as of right now. And Russell Westbrook isn't going to retire after after this season. As of right now, he's 37th all time in career points. He's 13th all time in career assists. He's 139th in career rebounds. He's 36th in career steals. He has two scoring and assist titles each. And he has 163 career triple doubles. Now, his playoff numbers are a little bit underwhelming. He's only 54 and 52, still a winning record, but nothing ungodly, right? So, after hearing Stephen A's comments and hearing where Russell ranks all time in all of these great numbers, where do you kind of fall in line with all of this? Um, I think it's crazy to ignore the numbers that Russell Westbrook has put up in his career. I think these are the kind of things you're going to look back on the way people do 
some of Wilt Chamberlain's seasons, mm-hmm. you know, like, and Oscar Robertson is a perfect example. Like, how did he do that? You know, I'm growing up when my dad told me that he averaged a triple double for a whole season. I, I like didn't believe it. And then I saw it and obviously it's true. And I thought, well, th- there's no way in the world anything like this is ever going to happen again. That was yeah. that was because of the the era it was in, right? Because he was just ahead of his time or something is what I probably told myself. Mm-hmm. And then Russell Westbrook comes in and does it three straight seasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 31, 10, and basically 11 rebounds. 25, 10, and 10. 23, 11, and 11. And this year he's at 22, 10, and 10. That's four times in his career if he keeps this up that he'll have averaged a triple double in the season. I don't think you can ignore that. Yeah, he hasn't won a ton since you know Durant left, but the season Durant left, everybody expected them to completely fall off. Mm-hmm. And you can look, there's a direct correlation. When he got triple doubles, they won. They hardly ever lost when he got triple doubles for that team. Um, it's not working out as well this year with Washington, but they have gotten better. Yeah. Uh, they they figured some things out because they were looking like one of the worst teams in the NBA at the beginning of the season. And it's, I don't think it's close now. Um, I don't really agree with what Stephen A said. I think Westbrook has proven that he can win a lot of games. I mean, they were uh, basically a, a complete collapse away from beating the Warriors a couple, you know, a few years ago, the year before Katie joined them. And I, I just think that, you know, one game makes his entire career different because they're in the finals and they already beat the Warriors and who knows, maybe they win a title. Mm-hmm. And I think it, one game completely changes the fact whether or not his numbers matter. I don't, I don't really agree with that. I think his numbers matter a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there have been times just to be completely upfront and transparent that I've criticized Russell Westbrook and his triple doubles. I've said things like, you know, the, the offense and the even s- such a thing as simple as rebounding was schemed for him to get the ball, push the break, and neither get in a, a quick assist. And that's not incorrect. But the fact that he does this so much and the defense knows that it's coming, I think is also another thing that needs to be looked at. And now, granted, you know, he's not the best shooter ever in, in, in NBA history. As a matter of no. fact, he's probably one of the worst shooting point guards in, re- in recent NBA history. Now, what's crazy to me about that, Austin, is that he used to be automatic. He used to run at breakneck pace, stop on a dime at the elbow, and just hit mm-hmm. this sweet, just pull-up mid-range jump shot consistently. It doesn't feel like that's anywhere in his game anymore. It's either shooting a three-point, or I'm trying to jump over the top of somebody and dunk mm-hmm. it in. Like Those are his two shots right now. Yeah, he still is... Or, or more so even than he was, I guess, before, is kind of almost one-dimensional on offense. I guess two-dimensional if, if you want to add three-point shooting. But he pretty much, you know, if they're not on the break, he's going to and he's going to try to drive it in. He's going to try yeah. to get to the rim. And the older he gets and the longer he does that, the harder it's going to be. And so I think that's what a lot of people's issues and, you know, what they think about Russell Westbrook kind of comes from the thought that, you know, when, when he does – lose that step and lose that ability, which he's kind of already started to, that it's going to fall off quick. And it looked like at the beginning of this season that that was the case this year. Like he already might be at that point, but I think he's, he's picked it up. Well, recently he's had a lot of good games. Um, You know, he's 
been there every game. He's hardly ever missed a game yet again, even though he's played hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, Russell Westbrook like takes that like a, a badge of honor, basically, of that course. he plays as much as he can. And what did Scott Brooks say about him? Like people aren't going to realize because he didn't want to kiss anybody's butt, but he's one of the greatest point guards ever. Yeah. And I mean, his, his personality rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I think, I think a lot of people like seeing guys like that fail because they are a little bit, maybe, I don't know, outspoken or, or full of themselves. It comes off as I guess, but I think a lot of fans that tear those type of players down do that you know, they just want those guys to fail for whatever reason. But so, in the same breath, they'll criticize LaMarcus Aldridge signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Right. You know, <laughs> it's you, you, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, if you're Correct. a superstar in the NBA. It's unfortunately, it comes with the, you know, $30 million a year. In Russell Westbrook's case, almost 40. Yeah. So I think it's it's worth a couple of people like you and me maybe criticizing the way they act every now and then I, I don't think they have they have too much to worry about um his numbers are just they're it it's too much like fun just to read crazy russell westbrook stats <laughs> and look at some of these numbers to sit here and say that none of this matters but yet I mean, the, but yet the washington wizards have a record of 17 and 29 this is the problem that right. people like Stephen a smith have it's like all right, cool, Russ. You are now the first player ever to hit 35 points and 20 assists in a game, and mm-hmm. you and it took all of that for you to barely win. Now, Austin, right. I'm of the mindset that imagine what the Wizards would look like if he wasn't putting up triple doubles. How bad would this team be performing? Right. Everyone acts like going after stats is like, I guess, a bad thing. They act yeah. like it's selfish, like. I don't understand how it can be a bad thing that Russell Westbrook had 21 assists in a game. You know, they say he's (laughs) stat hunting. Like, okay, yeah, some guys maybe let him go after rebounds, and he does grab rebounds that he doesn't necessarily need to Mm -hmm. to try to get that number up, I think. But I don't see how adding assists to your your total makes it is anything bad for your team. Like, you're scoring a basket. Mm -hmm. So I I think Russell – James Harden kind of got criticized for that sometimes too. Like he was too worried about his numbers, but if he's getting 30 points and 10 assists, like he's creating at least 50 points for your team right there. That's a lot. Yeah, it it really is. And, but again, you know, this is what Stephen A brought up. It says, all right, cool. Like we've seen these numbers now for year after year. And it feels like he's just kind of taken the, the talent of Russell Westbrook for granted as you know, again, I myself, on occasion, I do too. You know, I don't necessarily think that triple doubles equal winning, but right. I'm also not going to say that it means nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like to say that the a player that's going to go down all time, you know, top 40 in points, top 15 in assists, top 150 in rebounds, and top, you know, 35 in steals. And he's has, got an MVP award. Has an MVP award, has two scoring titles and two assist titles to his name. In 163 career triple doubles, like at some point you have to say, you know what, like that's pretty daggum impressive. Like I don't care that he didn't win very much. I mean, I don't know Allen Iverson's playoff win loss record, but he is a guy that's revered, and it feels like, although Russell Westbrook is obviously more athletic mm-hmm. than AI was, it's almost as if 
Russell Westbrook is kind of like what Allen Iverson would be in today's NBA number wise. I could yeah. easily see Allen Iverson getting these types of numbers in today's NBA. I also kind of feel like they have the same appeal to to fans in a certain way. Mm -hmm. A little bit of that almost like rebel kind of mindset. Like obviously it was a little different in 2001 with Allen Iverson. It was a lot more hip hop influenced, I think, than anything in the in you know, it was his hairstyle and wearing all the stuff on his arms and headband. A lot mm -hmm. of people didn't do that before Allen Iverson. No. Russell Westbrook wears weird clothes, too, <laughs> I guess. So you can say there's a comparison there. But he's just, you know, he's not afraid to go up against anybody. He's not the biggest guy. I mean, he's bigger than Allen Iverson. But, of course. But, you know, he kind of has the same attitude about him a little bit i think i think it's mm -hmm. a good comparison I, I was talking on locker room with mo the other day yeah. and i think mo called him the uh like the the hood idol or the hood superstar or something it was pretty funny <laughs> alan iverson he's like his everybody's uncle <laughs> i just thought that was pretty funny yeah i mean it, it definitely has that appeal and then our buddy um jeff hunt did his icon show and he had couch coach live on there and they did talk about Allen Iverson, I'm just, and I just think that it's kind of funny that, you know, we can look at a guy like Russell Westbrook and be like, oh, okay, like, cool, you get a bunch of triple doubles. What, what else do you do? And just to let you know, um, Allen Iverson, his playoff record is 30 wins and 41 losses. Right. And he has nine double doubles. But he went to the finals with Dikembe Mutombo and Tyrone Hill. Yeah. One of the, you know, I'll say it. One of the worst lineups to make the finals, I think, ever. Yeah. So, thirty uh, and forty-one. And he stepped over Tyron Lue, and no, nobody will ever forget that. Yeah, thirty. Thirty. Like, I I didn't know this off the top of my head. Thirty and forty-one in his playoff, in his playoff history. Right. Yet Russell Westbrook is fifty-four and fifty-two. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, he did play with. We're not. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not doing a side-by-side -side comparison and breaking down roster by roster. It's not what I'm trying to do. All I'm trying to say is Allen Iverson, scorer extraordinaire, stills extraordinaire, you know, could pass a little bit too if he really felt like it. I mean, we're talking about a guy that averaged six assists per game, so it's not like he wasn't passing. So I don't know. I just – I think that Allen Iverson, much like Russell Westbrook now, is not going to be appreciated as much as they should be. Yeah, I kind of agree. And it's funny to me, the numbers, the last guy that I can really say put up more than one, at least, you know, 30 and 20 type of stat line would probably either be Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, or Will Chamberlain. Really? There's I mean, not if we're talking 20 assists, maybe like... There's probably been one or two here and there, but yeah. not a lot. You know what I mean? Well, no one's ever done 35 and 20. That's my thing right. is like... He's the first to ever do this, and he won yeah. in that game that he did it. So it's not like this didn't amount to nothing, and that's kind right. of my whole issue with everything that's going on with Russell Westbrook's like value. The, the other players that have averaged numbers like this season, you know, 30, 10, 11, and 10, yeah. are considered the all-time greats, the best that there ever was. And Elgin Baylor never won a title, and, and he had – crazy numbers i mean i think they give him one in rest in peace elgin baylor who just yeah, recently you know, passed away definitely for sure um thank you for for saying that yeah um but wilt chamberlain you know his numbers were crazy and you don't hear a lot of this talk and he went a long time you know losing a lot of 
even when he joined the Lakers, I mean, I think they won one with the Lakers, right? Did he win one in like Philadelphia or two, maybe? You're putting me on the spot. I, I can't remember I think off it's the top two, of my maybe. head. But, but my, my point is the other players that have done this kind of thing didn't win a whole lot more than Westbrook did. He's and a two-time champion, and I believe yeah, one was okay. in Golden State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or San Francisco at the time, but yeah, and okay. then in LA, obviously. Yeah, I think they went from Philadelphia to San Francisco. I yeah. think the War- Philadelphia mm-hmm. Warriors. Yep. Um, anyway, my point is we look at guys like Russell Westbrook statistically and talk about them as the greatest of all time. And Russell Westbrook can't even get any love as l- one of the greatest point guards of his era. You know, yeah. people don't really even bring it up a lot when they talk about the best point guards. I hear a lot more people talk about Kyrie Irving as the best point guard of this era than Russell Westbrook and their numbers aren't even close. Like, well, Kyrie's got the ring. Like, and this is, again, this is ring culture. And it's something that I think I could spend all day talking about Russell Westbrook's Mm -hmm. value based on wins and losses and stats and who he played with, who he didn't play with, who his coach was and all this other types of stuff. And it would just, I don't think that there's some people whose minds just are not going to be changed, but Mm -hmm. I think when you live in an area kind of like how we do Austin, like we're not here proclaiming that Russell Westbrook is, you know, the best to ever do it or a top 10, 15 player. Like right now, I believe I'm updating my all time ranks as you know, all through this week prior to this season, I believe I had him ranked like 54. So like, I didn't even have him as a top 50 player this season. He probably gets bumped up into a top 50 all time. Mm -hmm. You know? So, and I think that that's kind of appropriate, you know, you're giving him recognition for, his individual achievements and stuff like that, but you're also not bolstering him too much because when we're talking right. about greatest, not necessarily best, like who would win in a one-on-one competition, right? But if mm-hmm. we're talking about how great their careers were, right, getting harder and harder to exclude Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, if he has a fourth triple-double season, like who else, like what kind of resume can you put up stat-wise stat against that? Not many. <laughs> and you Obviously, if you're doing greatest, you have to add accolades and winning and all that stuff. Yep, all NBA teams and finals He's going to miss out on some stuff there, but he did win an MVP and two scoring titles, like you said. Yeah, and um, two assist titles. two so. assist titles. So yeah. he's got accolades for sure. Um, I, I think he belongs pretty right around where you said a little bit higher maybe but you yeah. know I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't even would hardly put him in their top 100 and you're yeah. just never going to change those people's minds but and i think it was pretty there's young people that would probably already sure. have him in the top 25 yeah you know? yeah really i just, a lot of guys who've told told me lamello ball's already their favorite player and it's like geez okay you know, he's already your favorite player but Super reactionary you know, times we live in. 19 or 20 years old. So, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, w- w- I could do I could do Russell Westbrook's conversation. On, maybe we just do a show one day where we just talk about yeah. the enigma that Russell Westbrook is. People come on and tell us why he's no good. Yeah. I mean, or say how People he's the best he's ever. Good. Yeah. And we live somewhere in the middle. So we're never wrong. So there right. you go. We're also never right either. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So we're going to transition now, Austin, from one point guard to another. Yes. Dennis Schroeder. This is an interesting conversation, Austin. Um, it was recently reported that the Lakers offered him a four-year, $84 million contract, which he declined. Must be nice. Um, Schroeder is eligible for a four-year, $83.328 million contract in base salary, but incentives on games played in the regular season and the playoffs, as well as making and or winning a championship 
can kind of fluff that up a little bit. Um, the Lakers reportedly offered Schroeder the maximum amount of money, but what we're unsure about is the fact that we don't know if it's partially guaranteed or fully guaranteed. Now, after the end of this season, Dennis Schroeder is an unrestricted free agent, so he'll enter the offseason as an unrestricted free agent with bird rights, and the Lakers are projected to pay or ex- projected to have close to negative $50 million in their salary cap by the time Schroeder enters free agency as an unrestricted free agent. Um, obviously, signing Schroeder is going to be crucial in the Lakers' plans, Austin, and whether they keep him or trade him, that doesn't really matter. Because when you're negative 50 in salary, you have to take advantage of bird rights on players right. like you do with Dennis Schroeder. So uh, Schroeder, Austin, it's tricky because, yes, technically he was offered uh, the most amount of money that he could be, but it comes down to how much of it was guaranteed fully or partially, what have you. Um, the Lakers obviously saw him as their future when they were rumored to make moves for Kyle Lowry decided not to, and now they extend an offer to Schroeder and he turns it down. So how do you think this bodes for for the Lakers in their long-term future? I I think they're probably going to get anything out of this. They're going to probably have to do a sign and trade. I don't think he is going to stay there. I mean, they gave him, they offered him, you know, a really, really good deal for what he could get, you know, close to about the best contract they could. And he said, no, Um, I think he wants to be like, the lead point guard type role. And he's not really going to get that with LeBron. And unfortunately, if it's between those two, we know who the Lakers are going to pick. And I mean, Schroeder, maybe, obviously maybe Rob Palenka can work some magic in the off season and convince him to, to resign and stay. But if not, they've got to look for some kind of deal where they can sign him and then trade him to another team for somebody in return. That's, you know, fairly equal value. I don't think they're going to, they're looking for, much in terms of draft assets right now. So um, I I just, this doesn't look good. If, if you're uh, wanting him to resign with the Lakers and stay there, I don't think it's, this is a good sign at all. Yeah. And even if he doesn't stay there, Austin, like I touched on it, you just talked about it. They could at least sign and trade him. And now if you're asking now, why on earth would a a team want to do that with the Lakers? Well, if a team thinks they're a point guard away, but they have other assets that the Lakers might want and they too are over the salary cap, then the Lakers could, you know, say, "Hey, we'll re-sign him, trade him to you in exchange for this player that could come onto our team." So, like, say a team is loaded down with wing talent and they need a point guard, or you know, maybe like the Clippers. I don't imagine an LA to LA trade happening, but you know, somewhere along those lines, where you have a lot of wing depth but you don't have a a, a point guard on your team, right? So, right. having those bird rides helps not only in just keeping players, but also, like we just said, Austin trading them away. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, too, think that this spells a little bit of trouble for the Lakers. There are a couple teams entering this free agency period that just may have the money outright to sign him, and that would basically be a death sentence because now you're down a a point guard, you're down Mm -hmm. a pretty valuable trade asset, and you don't have any money to really go out and sign anyone save maybe the exception or the biannual exception Mm -hmm. or the veteran minimum contract that a veteran team that has no money kind of makes a living on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And $50 million sounds over the cap sounds really, really bad, but for a team like the Lakers and the amount of money that they're worth and they make and all that, I mean, I don't think that number scares them away from doing whatever they can to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
there's not a whole lot you can do when it's that high. If you, you lose a guy like that, if they can get, if they've got to hope that at the very least they have a good relationship with whoever his agent is and can say, Hey, you know, do us right. And, you know, we'll do a sign and trade with wherever he wants to go or, or whatever works out best for everybody. That way we can get something back. Cause if they lose him outright, you know, there's like you said, there's, there's a little bit here and there they can add, but not really not much in an mm-hmm. era where every team is just, loading up on offense like as fast as they can as much as they can the lakers seem like they one they can't keep anybody healthy and two now this doesn't look good for them either so you know it it, it's worrisome if you're a fan for sure but the lakers kind of always figure this this kind of stuff out it may take a year or two before they got lebron it took a little while but you know eventually (laughs) here they are so i I don't think you're ever going to look at something and think, you know, the Lakers can't figure it out because they usually do. So, yeah. And again, you know, they, they still will have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, KCP and, and Kyle Kuzma moving down the line in the future. Maybe they do something with a uh, Taylor Horton Tucker and keep him long-term, but got Montrez Harrell, Montrez Harrell, you got Alex Caruso, the bald Eagle, you know, you right. got, you got, no. I mean, if you, if he can't save your franchise, I don't know who can, right? So right. they still have a couple things that they could do, but it's not ideal if you're if you're losing a guy like Schroeder. But also what they could do is what a, reportedly LeBron James has been trying to do since the All-Star break. Did you know that LeBron James is in the market for a chef right now? Did you know that he's he's got... You, you know, know I, I've heard LeBron spends a lot of money on his body and his diet and his nutrition and all that, so it... That makes sense to me. A chef, you know, I think a lot of people like him probably have a private chef. That he probably had a private chef. I don't know what happened to the last one. I don't know. I don't know what happened to the last. I don't last think he's chef. as good as this one you're talking about. Though. Now this one might be the best chef of all time. I mean, right. you're talking about one of the best chefs in in history of chefness, if that's a word. No, but I think it is now. <laughs> it is now. We just coined the term. So Austin, we can quit doing dad jokes now, unless you just want to keep doing it. I have no problem. Yeah. It's up to you. Go ahead. I mean, I love tell, telling dad jokes. Sometimes he laughs at them. Yeah, you know, I, I like your dad jokes, but nobody ever laughs at my jokes, and I laughed at it. I laugh at everything, so don't don't feel too good about yourself. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, um, Brian Windhorst, who has made his career on covering LeBron James, so if you're if you're hearing Brian Windhorst and you're just like, oh, what's the credibility he has? I mean, this is a guy who has a job solely based on covering LeBron James and doing it well. He's a guy who chooses his words very carefully. If you've ever listened or read him, he's uh he'll let you say whether or not he just has a feeling or if it's being if he's being told that this is happening. And he just had one of these moments on his podcast called The Hoops Collective earlier this week where he has been told that LeBron James has began to recruit Steph Curry in Atlanta during the All-Star break. Uh, Curry is eligible to sign an extension in this offseason and would be an unrestricted free agent after the completion of next season if he so chooses to decline this extension. Now, we already talked about the the Lakers and their salary projections. After the end of next season, it goes down from negative 50 million to about negative 17 million in cap space um, based on their current roster and projections. Um, they'd obviously have to execute a sign and trade due to being over the salary cap, but they would still have, you know, KCP and Kyle Kuzma making about 14 and $13 million respectfully. 
LeBron at that time would be about 38, Curry around 35. They would have Anthony Davis on the team too at around 30 years old. Austin, do you see this happening or is this just LeBron doing his due diligence? Oh, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, man. Um, I, I think in today's day and age, you got to take every shot you can and, and try to do whatever you can to get the best guys together because, I mean, he could go to Steph and say, look what they're doing in, in Brooklyn. Come come over to L.A. You know, it's not that far from where you live now. And team up with us and we'll go at them for a couple of years here. Try to win a couple more. That would be cool. Um, I don't know what else they'd have on their team. They'd have to give up probably – all the guys you mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, KCP and Kuzma for sure. They're going to, you know, it'd be hard. It'd be, it'd be very difficult for this to, to be realistic. And I want it to be because it would be awesome. And, you know, I'm a, a, the biggest homer there is. Mm-hmm. I won't hide it. I would love the Lakers to make this happen. I don't think it will, though. No, not really. Um, that's pretty old superstars. I mean, they've shown that they can keep up so far, but. Two years down the road from now, who knows? Anthony Davis isn't the healthiest guy in terms, you know, he, he gets hurt a lot. And he's he's hurt right now. <laughs> right. He's he's always hurt. So he's is always, LeBron. He's always questionable with a upper body injury or lower body injury. Like mm-hmm. isn't that what Belichick does. Yeah, I mean, those are the only body injuries I think you can have are upper and lower. Yeah, but I'm just saying they put them all they put them on the I think those are all the parts of the human week. body, the upper part and the lower part. Yeah, you can get the middle, don't you? They don't count. They don't count the middle. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I don't but anyway, know. they're going to be old guys, you know, older. Obviously, LeBron's shown that he can do it. Curry, we'll see. He's he's not really quite that old yet, but he's played well this year. But he's hurt too, and it's a lot of money to put in guys that have by that point will have played a lot of basketball already, and. I just I don't know. I don't think Curry does it. I think Curry's different. I think he wants to stay in in uh, Golden State his whole career. What do you think about that? I, I'm not surprised. And you know, when everyone was making a big fuss about the Brooklyn Nets getting a you know an aging Lamarcus Aldridge and an aging you know Blake Griffin, and all of a sudden DeAndre Jordan has come out to be you know this oh he's an All Star level center still right now, right? right. So, um. I, with all that being said, bring it on, man. Like, I would love to see Steph and LeBron James on the same team. I don't know who wouldn't. And just real quick, our buddy Kenneth from the Shooter Shoot podcast came in and said, Westbrook is washed. Didn't Twitter tell you guys that? Oh, they told us that. Yeah, definitely. That's why we're, that's why we're doing this. I don't know what we were thinking trying to come on here with any sort of, and I know Kenneth is kind of tongue in cheek when he says that. Check out the Shooter Shoot. Basketball podcast is a great show. I've been on there For before. Sure. We're going to have him on coming up here soon. So um, go and check out Kenneth and the great work he's doing. And thank you so much, Kenneth, for checking in. But sure. um, thank you. I think it, I, I find it really, really hard that Steph would ever leave Golden State. Um, he just seemed like you said, he's kind of different. But the allure of L.A., you know, if he's kind of shifting his attention to, you know, Maybe my family would have a better time in L.A. Maybe, you know, my business ventures that I would want us to maybe start looking to get into as he's already doing right now. He's kind of shifting into, you know, doing a little bit of what LeBron does Um, at 35 years old. Who do you think is better that season, a 38 year old LeBron or a 35 year old Curry? Ooh, that's tough. I'd probably still go with LeBron. Yeah, I'd probably still go with LeBron. 
you know, Curry's not nearly as big and, you know, well-built of a guy as, as LeBron is. I think LeBron's body looks like it's going to last longer than Steph's. If you're just, if, if you're just being honest about it, when you just look at them physically, um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I would go with LeBron, but it'd be close. They're both still obviously going to be really good. And how big of a probability do you think it is that the 30 year old Anthony Davis would be the third wheel on this team? I don't think he would. I think LeBron might take, might maybe take a back seat in terms of scoring and just become like a floor general type point guard, you know, mm-hmm. throw the ball into Anthony Davis a lot, kick it out to Steph Curry a lot, play make, not, not have to worry about too much of the scoring load. Cause those guys are going to obviously score a lot of points. Yeah. And LeBron's kind of always his whole career kind of been happy doing that to, to an extent. I think obviously he, for a long time, his numbers mattered, and they still do. He still wants to get it, get his. Sure. But I think he can control a game better than anybody without scoring out of those three. So uh, he might take kind of the what James Hard the role James Harden has, has taken this year for. And I mean, I don't think you can say that there's a, a really a third option between those three guys right now. They've played not a whole lot together, all three of them. But I don't, I don't know who it would be because I think they've figured out a way to move the ball and get get everybody kind of involved equally. So I think that that three that in LA could do the same exact thing. At that moment in time is a 38 year old LeBron, a 35 year old Steph and a 30 year old Anthony Davis, a super team. Yeah, definitely. Mm, Okay. I think so, but I have a pretty loose definition of super team. I think, I think there's been a lot more super teams than people realize. Okay. What's the, I think there's been super teams forever. What's your kind of lower end of the super team spectrum? Well, I don't know if it, you would say lower end or, or I'm not ranking them necessarily. It's more like the the idea behind how they became how they came together. Like okay. I would almost say that when Wilt Chamberlain went to the Lakers in the 60s that they built a super team. He teamed up with Jerry West and El I mean Elgin retired right before they won. Yeah, but he had that that's a big 3 for sure. Okay. Um and you can look all through time. I mean, the Houston Rockets had Scottie Pippen and, and Charles Barkley at one with, time. Yeah, with with Keem, right? So right, and yeah, they were old, but that that that's a big three. Um, the Lakers, when they brought in Gary Payton and Carl Malone, they were they were past their prime, but that was a big four, really. Yeah, I mean, if Carl Malone didn't get hurt, they were that probably was like the Brooklyn Net big four, right? They probably would have won the title. Yeah, yeah, that's like that. <laughs> but that one wasn't quite as good. Are you uh, talking no. about are you talking about the KG one, or are you talking about right now? I'm talking about the KG Paul Pierce. Okay. Who was it? Yeah, no, like, that, Andre Kirilenko. Well. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think people like to say LeBron started the super team. Like that's that's not true. I mean, guys teamed up all throughout the NBA. Mm-hmm. Not maybe not to the extent that they do now. I mean, you don't see. You never saw a guy at the level of Al Horford being shut down for the rest of the season because he didn't want to because he wanted to avoid injury so he could maybe go join another team. I think a lot of stuff like that happens more now. Yeah. I think guys don't stay as long overall now, but I think the best players don't all play together. If they did, LeBron, KD and Steph would all be on a team would have and Giannis would have all played together by now. Mm. You know, if the best of the best really were teaming up 
for one, I think there's a, a lot more right below superstar level guys than there, there used to be in today's league. And a lot of those guys are, are kind of teaming up in a way, but I think Kevin Love, LeBron and, and Kyrie, when they first all three got together, I think the idea of that team was a lot better than what it actually turned out to be. I mean, yeah. Kevin Love was hurt a lot and and didn't really do that well in in that role, third you know third man role, and Kyrie obviously blossomed when up. I mean, he played the best basketball he's ever played, really, mm-hmm. and, because he didn't have to be the number one guy, and I think that's what's going to work out for him in Boston this year, or I mean, in Brooklyn this year too. <laughs> it didn't I work just, out so well in Boston. No, it didn't. It didn't. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's of the right mindset to be the lead guy like they no, wanted him to be in Boston. Not. I don't think he is. I think he's better off with a contemporary that he can kind of let do that stuff. And he just worries about playing his game. I think he's better yeah. in that role. But I just think I think super teams are fun. I think it's how you win in today's game. I think it's been going on forever. I think guys team have teamed up all the time. It's just People talk about it a lot more now, and maybe a little bit more often than it used to be. People don't like player empowerment. They have this fake idea in their head that there's loyalty to teams, and there's it's it's really not like that. Well, now it's not so much loyalty to team. Now it's like, oh, you don't want to compete against people anymore. You want right. to have all the competition on your team. Yeah, and I, I still don't. I just still don't buy that because I think Milwaukee and. Uh, Philadelphia are going to give Brooklyn, you know, everything they can handle if, Mm -hmm. if, if they knife not beat them. And I think if Embiid is healthy. Right. And I think he's, they said he's close. They said he should be coming back this weekend. I think this weekend is what they said, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully he can get back to 100% pretty quick and it'll be a a fun Eastern Conference. The the top three or four teams are are really good. And I don't know if there's any mainly three, (laughs) mainly three right now. Right now, the Hornets are fourth in the, in yeah. the Eastern Conference. I think I'm kind of just lumping Miami in there because I think everybody thinks that they're going to end up there. I mean, they're a but game back of Charlotte right now. The but Lakers and, may end up sixth or seventh in the West if they're not careful. Denver's, yeah, because they're new playing ac- good all of a sudden. Huh? Their new acquisition, Drummond, is hurt now. Yeah, he got his whole. They said his whole toenail got ripped off and he got his foot stepped on. I've had my toenail ripped off before. I mean, I don't know, like. I've I've had it happen. I mean, I don't know why don't you would feel like or, it would keep me from missing a whole a whole lot of time. No, not if I'm looking for a contract at the end of the right. season. Heck, no. This is, we're talking millions of dollars here. Yeah, right now they're half a game ahead of Denver in, for fourth. Right now, is that line from the Big Lebowski. You need a toe. I can get you a toe. Just just an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to John Goodman here on the right. Breaking the Game show. There you go. Right Right on, but I, I just think super about. teams have been around for a long time, and I think they're here. To, they're never, never going to go anywhere as long as guys can, you know, are friends and know each other and can dream about wanting to play together. It's going to happen. And yeah, people need to realize that that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I think the worst LA falls is six because right now they're a half a game ahead of the fifth and sixth seed in the Nuggets mm-hmm. and Portland Trailblazers. They're four games ahead of the Dallas Mavericks and four and a half games ahead against the Spurs okay. for the seventh and eighth spot. I don't think they fall that far. Right. But I still think that they might they could be the sixth. I think seed. as long as they don't have to get in that playing tournament, I think they're they'll be 
happy with whatever they end up with. I don't think it matters to them a whole lot. I think they're more worried about getting healthy. Because they would face up against the Clippers for the first time since the newly formed Clippers in the playoffs. That would be fun. I hope that happens. Yeah, I'd like to see that, especially now that they're back in playing at Staples Center. I mean, mm-hmm. how nice that would be for them. They don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. No I mean, travel. That would be pretty interesting. But all right, Austin, we got um, one more segment that we want to fit in here on the show. We got kind of a bonus segment that we're going to touch on at the end of this show. Um, So if you're interested in continuing on after listening to us here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, go look up Breaking the Game Anywhere podcasts are available. Austin, we got about 11 minutes left of the show. And what we want to close out with is covering our NCAA tourney standouts. And again, as I preluded to this earlier, it's not necessarily that they did the best so far in the in the tourney. They're performing well, but also we're going to combine that cumulatively with how they did in the regular season. So, Austin, I know that you're a big fan of one guy in particular. I'm not as high on him as what some people are, but I do understand that he's talented and he is an intriguing prospect. Um, One Evan Mobley out of USC, um, who I will go ahead and lead off with that Drew Timmy just destroyed him and kind of reinforced kind of some of the the worries that I have of him because if Drew Timmy in college can do that, there's a couple guys in um in the NBA who can give him that kind of work too. So yeah. um Evan Mobley, what do you like about him? Well, I think first and foremost, I don't know that he's gonna be a, a center or a or like an actual big man type player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, even though he is seven feet tall, he's I guess he's a legit seven foot, but even mm-hmm. even be, besides that. I think he's going to be a wing player at the next level. Ooh. I think he's he's going to have a little bit more of an outside game than than he's shown so far this year. I, he's his shot looks nice to me. I think he can develop the range. Um, but obviously, college basketball is so much different than the NBA. Teams, of course, play a lot more in the post and expect to have two big men on the big men on the floor pretty much at all times. Most teams do, and you know. I think the the biggest thing about Mobley to me is he can't even finish right now in college, and he's still averaging seven, you know, almost seventeen points a game, shooting almost sixty percent from the field, getting nine rebounds a game, um, and he's a, a good enough free throw shooter to to believe that he can step out and and at the next level and play that stretch big man position fairly well. He's only shot thirty percent from three this year. He's obviously got to work on that. Um, but I think he he has so much potential. He's got great footwork and moves when he does get the ball in the post. But like I said, he, he I mean he's two hundred pounds, two hundred and twenty pounds maybe tops. He needs to get he needs to get bigger for sure because yeah. I think he gets pushed off of his spots fairly easily. But I mean the guy just he's he's high motor. He's got the athleticism, the size. I think he's got everything you look for in a prospect in terms of of what those what we just talked about with those guys from draft deeper i mean he can dribble he, he's not a great you know he's not going to cross anybody over but for his size he, he can handle the ball yeah. he can shoot he can defend he can rebound um he's a heck of an athlete and i mean to me i think he's uh, he's obviously a top five pick but i could see him going as high as second or third if a team just falls in love with the potential um he like I said, he's going to have to work on his shot and get bigger. But I just think the fact that USC made it as far as they did in the tournament is going to help him too. Because 
we know a lot of people don't even know these guys' names until they we see they see them in the big dance, <laughs> no matter who yep. they are. So I think he'll get some he'll get talked about a lot more here coming up the next month or two. But I know you're really big on him all season too. It's not just yeah. been the tournament. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I've liked him all year. I mean, his his field goal percentage is is fairly high, fifty seven percent, and he obviously, like I said. Once he figures out how to finish, like imagine how good he can be because he just, the ball just kind of seems to find him when you watch yeah. him on tape. Like he's doesn't get the best position. He he's not a you know, like I said he he can't finish, but he gets offensive rebounds. He gets extra opportunities. He's he's everything I think you want in a prospect. Okay, um, I, I like him. I'm with you. I think that he's probably going to be top five. <laughs> I have a couple guys that I would take over him, though. Oh, I mean, me obviously, K- obviously, Cade Cunningham is that guy. Um, I like we we both like Jalen um, Green, mm-hmm. who's in the Ignite team. We both like him. Yep. I like Jonathan Kaminga. I you know, the next guy I would take above him is the guy that I want to highlight in this tournament, and that's Jalen Suggs. I love Jalen Suggs. I think that. You know how we were talking about Halliburton last season. He's kind of one of those culture guys that you insert on a team. And he changes things. We see Halliburton doing that in Sacramento to some degree right now as a rookie. Over time, it's going to, he's, that's going to become more and more his team. You know, right. whether or not he's necessarily the best player, he's going to be the guy that imprints on that team, and it's going to kind of take on his identity. I think Jalen Suggs is that type of dude. Now, I was talking with a buddy of mine on Twitter, and he's uh, Zach Ramey of the uh, Off the Glass podcast. Um, I was talking with him about Jalen Suggs. And it's kind of a paradox when I word it this way, but it's the only way I could think about Jalen Suggs and how he translates today's NBA. He's a new wave traditional guard, if that makes sense. Like if Chris Paul or Rajon Rondo came in as a kid in today's NBA, I think that that's what Jalen Suggs looks like. I mean, he's he's a little bit bigger than both of those guys, right? He's more like a Darren Williams type almost if you look at body. You know, he's 6'4", over 200 pounds. But He's not as flashy or doesn't have as much sizzle like in his dribble and passing, but it's just so <laughs> precise. He can dissect a team with his passing ability. I mean, if you look at his assist numbers in college, he's only averaging four and a half per game um, in the tournament. His last game actually against USC, which is where your guy Mobley plays, he put up 18, 10, and 8 in that game. I mean, he was just he's phenomenal. He's playing with pros. So that kind of makes it a little bit tricky in my eyes to evaluate how good he's going to be. And we talked with the guys on Draft Deeper a little bit about this, is that he's playing with pros, so we don't know if it's really him kind of being carried a little bit by these other pros or if it's just a baseline. You know at least he's going to perform at this level mm-hmm. in in the NBA at bare minimum. I kind of lean more towards the line that, you know what you're going to get with him based on what you're seeing with him at Gonzaga playing against or playing with top end talent um, and with a great coach and coach few. So I like Jalen Suggs a lot. I could go over all of his numbers, but one thing I want to touch on before I finish my, my thoughts on him and turn it over to you, um, you know, I like synergy. Um, so on offense, he grades out is very good. He's the 70th percentile. And w- when it comes to total offense and collegiate basketball, and you know how much I love the other side of the basketball, Austin. If right. you're talking about defense, he rakes in the 84th percentile in the nation in college basketball defensively 
He's 84th percentile, which grades out as an excellent. So you're getting someone in college basketball who is very good offensively and excellent defensively. He's a floor general. He's a culture setter. He's got NBA size. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's bigger than Damian Lillard right now as a baby. So I think that that translates to the pros very well. I've heard another comp to him being kind of like what Brandon Roy was before his injuries. I like that, but I'm more along the lines of like, this is what Chris Paul or Rajon Rondo look like if they come into the NBA at, you know, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of checking out his numbers right here, right now, while you were talking about him. And, uh, I think all those, all those comps make sense. I think he's going to be quite a better scorer than Rajon Rondo has been, but yeah. Rondo also showed at times when he was with Boston that he could do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know that he had the the shooting portion of it. But uh, I mean, his offensive rating per 100 possessions is 112 in college. That's crazy. <laughs> that's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like that doesn't happen a whole lot in college. You don't see guy like it's not. This isn't. They're not scoring 120 points a night like in the NBA. You know, a lot of games are in the 60s. Yeah. Um, I think the whole thing with him playing with a bunch of pros in Gonzaga shows you, like you said, you know what you're getting. You're getting a leader. Like this guy came in as a true freshman on a team that has two or three other NBA prospects that has been good for a long time and is expected mm-hmm. to be good. And he he might very well lead them to the first undefeated season since 1976. That's a long yeah. time. And if he does that, I mean, you've you've got to put this Gonzaga team one in the in the conversation for best of all time, and two, you've got to look at you know, well, he's the leader of this team. I would say, I mean, per forty minutes, twenty points, six assists, eight rebounds, like you know, that's if he played every minute of every game. That's pretty good numbers, though. Um, yeah, I just think I I actually really really like Jalen Suggs. Um, I'll just go ahead and, and say it. I actually have uh, my top three are um, Jalen Green, number one, uh, Jalen Suggs, number two, and I have Cave Cunningham third, personally. I'm not mad at it, and I think that a lot of people will call you crazy for Cade, and I've heard some comps that we'll talk about here on another show. Right. I'm not mad at your top three. I like I like both of the Jalens just like you do. But, um, Austin, we're kind of coming up against it, man. For sure. Um, And again, as promised, we'll touch on one more conversation on the podcast. So please, if you like what you've heard, go to anywhere podcasts are available. Search break in the game. You'll see the cool little um, headphones up here on my left. And you'll see the cool little basketball hoop on Austin's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking in the mirror right now. So left and right. Okay. All right. Cool. So anyway, you'll see. Both of these cool little icons, if you're watching, if you're listening, you'll see headphones and a basketball. Please go download, uh, like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. All of the help that you could do for us on yes. that end would be greatly appreciated. But um, as always, we thank you guys so much for tuning in to us here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Um, before we go, Austin, I just want to remind everybody that you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BTG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BTG. Unlock your confidence. And as always use the right tools for the job with manscaped. It's great stuff. Go check it out. Absolutely. I I got the underwear, the foot spray, everything, a t-shirt. It's all great stuff. 
All right, but we have been the Breaking the Game show here on the Nothing But Net yeah. channel on Dash Radio. Please go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs. For my friend Austin, for myself, for the game of basketball, for Manscaped, we will catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one. And we can continue on with the podcast now. So okay. everyone who has um, tuned in for the, the bonus content that we're going to talk about, thank you guys so much for your support. If you're following us for the first time, coming over from the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, it is our pleasure and our honor to have you on for the first time. Please let everybody know how much. Fun. This is where we have the real fun. This is where we get to let our hair, our hair down, so to speak. But um, yep. if you like what you're hearing, please share with all of your friends. Talk to them about what you heard today. And, you know, we can help enlighten them too the way that we have you today. So. Right. <laughs> Steven enlighten me, enlightens me every week. I enlighten myself sometimes. And that's not hard to do. Do you like my rainbow cup? I love your rainbow I cup. Is a unicorn, it unicorn? That's what's up. It's that's pretty fancy. Up. I just have a classic, you know, red and white Coke can. Nice. Mm-hmm. I switched over to diet. I drink too much pop. So, oh, diet's poison for you, man. I try to wean myself off. Yeah, I tried. I went two years once without drinking soda. I've done. I've done it before too, but oh, okay, never that, mind. I guess I'm not that a long time ago. I thought I thought that I was that I did something nice, but whatever. You did. We're both special. <laughs> In different ways. You're you're the good special. Oh, whatever. All right. So Austin, I know that you were talking that about this conversation. And as always, it's hard to cover everything that we always want to, you know, on, on our on our radio show. Sometimes we just have to do bonus sessions like this. Right. And I'm sorry. I said, right. Yeah, it, it can be really difficult to squeeze everything in. But, you know, we like to take a little bit of time and and expound upon other topics that, you know, it's not like we're going to get like raunchy or anything like that. It's just we don't simply don't have the time. So, Austin, I'll let you run away with this one, brother. Yeah. So um, I was a little confused when J.J. Reddick got traded to the Mavs. Um, apparently you were too because we both missed it on our on our trade special we both forgot to mention it i knew i forgot it when i made the notes but i forgot to add them to the notes after i remembered that i forgot if that makes sense and i thought long and hard about just acting like jj reddick never existed from here on out (laughs) and just never acknowledging that we forgot about it or talking about him ever again but that wouldn't be right it'd be fun but it wouldn't be right like how kevin love just came back and played basketball today did you know that no, I didn't. But that's yeah, he's playing basketball good. today. That's good. Good yeah. for Kevin Love. Good for Kevin. I feel Love. like he has been, like he disappeared. He was, you know, snapped out of existence by Thanos or something. Yeah, right. That wow, nice. That's but good. Uh, you know, I I thought for sure I saw on Twitter that it said that JJ Redick was going to be bought out and was going to Brooklyn, or was going to be traded. One of the two. Mm-hmm. And so I just had assumed that he was joining the Nets too, and I was thought, oh, here we go, another guy. But turns out, no. Um, David Griffin traded him to the Mavs, and do you remember AJ Reddick told everybody how he felt about that on his podcast? And I mean, players are 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 allowed to feel however they want. They need they want to do what's best for them in the long run, and teams want to do what's best for them. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, David Griffin basically gave JJ Reddick his word allegedly gonna, allegedly yes that they were going to do everything they could to trade him out east to be closer to his family who does live in Brooklyn so um, what you're telling me is is that allegedly 
David Griffith told JJ Reddick that he would try. Yeah. Okay. Not that he would. Do JJ it. Reddick's mad that it didn't happen, I guess, or yeah. or says that because of this now that at least his agent and he thinks probably other players' agents too will have a hard time believing in what they t- get told from that front office and won't mm. have the trust of of that GM. And I hate to say it, I think that's a little overblown. I don't think JJ Reddick, for one, has that kind of pull. Um, I think maybe this just kind of showed him that that's the case. I don't know. Um, I don't think he's going to go around and, and say because he's saying David Griffin was was untruthful or didn't keep up his end of the bargain that a bunch of guys are just going to stay away from the Pelicans because of that. I, yeah. I just don't see that happening. Um, and also, I think it's a GM's job to, to worry about the franchise first. And it's he, he cares a heck of a lot more about what the package they can get in return than making sure this guy gets to the exact team that he wants to go to. He is under contract. I mean, he could have signed with Brooklyn if he really wanted to. And I guess he's been trying to get traded since November, so I can see where the frustration comes from. That would, that would suck. But... Come on, I'm, I'm tired of all these guys demanding to go to certain places and everybody acting like they have to go there. I, I just am. Did, did JJ said that he was willing to give money back to be bought out? Like, I don't know. I mean, he's pretty quick to jump on these big contracts. And you, I mean, do you remember when he signed like a $20 million contract in yeah. Philadelphia? Yeah. That was nuts. He was good, but he also was smart enough to take take the big money when he when he when it came to him you want to talk about a guy who doesn't team loyalty never mattered to him he, mm-hmm. was, he was taking the money pretty much wherever Grabbed he went for a long time and why not i mean he played, he played on a lot of good teams he played a lot of good years in the nba he had a heck of a career but if he went if the nba did it where they you go into the hall of fame with a certain team where would a lot of the guys from this era end up? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be hard to say. LeBron, I think, would go with Cleveland. Steph would would be Golden State. But what about KD? KD? I don't know. Golden State, probably. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting to see. That's how an interesting would, thought. Because I think people have this fake notion in their head, like I said earlier, that a guy's are loyal to their team. Have you ever heard LeBron when they ask him what team he plays for? He says, first, he always says Nike. And then he says, whatever franchise like, or who he works for It's who he works for. That's what mm-hmm. they ask him. And he says, I work for Nike first and then whatever team he's on. And I mean, I mean, good for him. He, he makes a heck of a lot more money from them than he does the NBA. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he like has part ownership in Nike or something, right? Got, he signed like a billion dollar contract. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's enough money to have some ownership, I would imagine. Right. I'm sure. At least some say, like a minority owner. I just, know? I don't think these guys really, it doesn't matter to 95% of them who's on the front of the jersey. They just. But that kind of goes to, we're talking about LeBron James right now. And yeah, he has the cachet to kind of do whatever he wants. I mean, James Harden, he, he got to go basically where he wanted to go. And you get to the point to where you get to the guys who are, Still good. You know, JJ Reddick's not a bad player, but he is certainly not, you know, is he a top 100 guy? Probably I not. Mean, he's close if he's not, but he's not, he's not at the level where he should be. He's flirting with the line, I think. You yeah, know. I agree. 
but for a long time he was a top 100 guy but yeah. at, at his very best he, he was up there but and think about what i just said we're like top 100 we're like maybe right okay so like is, is he top 50 no no is he top no 75 maybe probably not he's probably 90 yeah, so we're talking about a guy who's like maybe top 80 to 90, probably somewhere. In the, I'm comfortable with like the 80 to 90 to maybe 100. I, I would have to look like how we did last offseason and right. we did our top top players. I don't think that JJ was in there, though, to be honest with you. I don't think if, he was on mine. He might have been. If he was, he was pretty low. Yeah, and if he was flirting with it last season, this season, season he's certainly not there. So yeah, he's I'm right. comfortable with saying that JJ Reddick's not a top 100 player. Not only that, year. the year he's had, who was he to d- demand where he's going to go? I mean, yeah. what does he think the the market for him is? A, a aging, unathletic, bad defensing, bad defense guard who isn't huge and is supposed to be a great shooter, not really having that great of a shooting season. What did Kyle Korver play for? Like minimum, like vet minimum contracts his last few seasons. Yeah, and he's like four or five inches taller I was gonna than say he's a head taller than JJ Reddick. He's a <laughs> right. better defender and he's more of a NBA type looking player than, than Reddick for sure. Right. I honestly never thought Reddick would be as good as he was coming out of college. I figured he'd be one of those guys that was, you know, a college star that would be just all right in the NBA, but he, he was better than I expected for sure. Yeah. And we could talk about his career, but I'm saying like right now, for a guy to be like, and what's crazy about JJ is that he is doing what we do. Like he podcasts too. Uh-huh. So he just so happens to be stupid rich and an NBA basketball player, but he still right. podcasts. And that's where he basically aired his grievances. And I think it's interesting to, for a player to also have an active podcast. I love that concept and idea, by mm-hmm. the way. I wish more players would do it. Me too. I want to know what they're thinking, like, because people talk about it all day long, but I want to hear it from the horse's mouth, you know? Yeah, I, and I know I think, Stephen A. Smith's making up a lot of not making stuff up, but exaggerating a lot of stuff. He's making stuff up. He's making okay. stuff. You up. said it. You heard it I here. People. It. I Stephen's said it. calling out Stephen. I mean, Let's have a Stephen A. versus Stephen G. I would love it. Debate. I would love it. I would Debate. welcome it. That would be cool. I would welcome That's the dream, it. right? I mean, I'd I'm take not gonna... your spot and moderate for that show and let you go <laughs> at him. I'm not pretending like I would never want to meet Stephen A. Smith, but he is certainly not. When I think of like analyst minds that I respect, I mean, I, it's not that I don't respect him. It's just that like he's not like my foremost authority on he's things. Not your NBA. cup of tea. He's not my cup of tea, and he's not the guy. When if I want to know something about mm-hmm. basketball, he's not the first guy I'm running to. I'll just put it like that. So yeah. Um, oh, believe me, I'm talking from a purely business entertainment financial type of standpoint. Like you, you've got to give him credit. That dude is oh, on yeah. TV when I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed, he's on TV and he's in a different city and he's doing everything. I mean, he's yeah. the busiest dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Like I've had people on, on our show from the Philadelphia Inquirer. And, and mm-hmm. that's just a, that's an honor just in of itself to have anybody who contributes to such a storied, you know, um, right you know, platform or medium. Uh, it, it's, it's an honor and it's humbling to have well, that. Let's, let's start it tonight. You start your campaign to get Stephen <laughs> A. Smith to debate you. And I'll start my campaign to get Draymond green. <laughs> okay. Who we'll do you call them out every day until they, until they tweet us back? Who do you think we have a better shot of landing? I think Draymond. 
I think, think Stephen A. Probably gets it all day long from everybody. I think everybody that ever does this wants to wants to debate Stephen A. Smith, and I just think he it goes to his junk mail. And, you know, he doesn't even see it. I think Draymond. If I think you could get Draymond's goat easy enough that he might actually respond. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. It'd be hard to get both of them. Either of them. They're both pretty sim- Anyway, all right. It'd so this fun, has huh? gone down. This has gone down a rabbit hole that I did not intend. But we we're talking about how JJ Reddick is a is a podcaster and how we love the fact that he will put out his, you know, thoughts and opinions and stuff like that. But along with that, as being a podcaster, you invite yourself to criticism, not only as a podcaster, but as an athlete. So now you're judged on two fronts, you know? And so I also understand it as to the reason why not a lot of NBA players do this. Mm -hmm. So with JJ and him, maybe being inside the top 100 players in the NBA. I mean, maybe I'd have to really sit down and look off the top of my head. If I had to bet, I would say he's not. I was going to say for purposes of the show, we'll say he's just outside the top 100. We'll say he's flirting with that line. He JJ Reddick is flirting with being a top 100 player. Even the fact that I just had to say that he's flirting with it. Like, why do you think, the New Orleans Pelicans owe you anything other than the <laughs> lucrative contract that you signed that you had no problems with when you accepted it. That's my thing is like when they handed you the bag, you were fine. And when they got your, your old head coach from when you were in Orlando, you were fine. Mm-hmm. But now you're having a bad season and you want out and you're playing alongside a generational talent, so to speak, in Zion Williamson. You're playing against or with an all-star level talent in Brandon Ingram. Why on earth do the Pelicans owe you trading you to Brooklyn, who, by the way, what contract does Brooklyn have that they can even bring this guy on? Right. You know, the Boston Celtics traded two second round picks for Evan Fournier, who is a better basketball player than you are right now, although he did lay an egg his debut game. It was an ugly game. <laughs> it didn't look good. Boston's somebody that I was thinking about bringing up on this show too, but we'll save that for another time. We can save we that for lot, another time. We got a lot of but even, even with that terrible game, I would still take Evan Fournier for a few seconds and giving up Jeff Teague. Are the Pelicans interesting in acquiring Jeff Teague when they already have ball? Bledsoe, who's been awful as well, and they drafted Kira Lewis Jr. Probably not. They're probably no. They're not, not even sure they they want to keep Lonzo. Correct. And so, what was the other team that he was rumored to want to go to? Those were the big two. I think maybe Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I would, I would go to Philadelphia if I was him. I, I would as well. He'd be but, exactly the fit that they kind of need. But who does Philadelphia have at about eleven million dollars that they could send back? I have no idea. Probably nobody really. It, Do you not give anything up worthwhile? It would just be a trade for the sake of making a trade for the Pelicans, I guess. Probably. Do you give up Danny Green for JJ Redick right no. now, Austin? No. No way. That's the only contract that you could do that with. Mike Scott not still there. Mike Scott doesn't make that much money, so you would have no, to couple him with him with somebody, some other guy that I don't, whose name I don't know. Right, so are you trying to give up Mike Scott, Terrence Ferguson, and um, maybe Matisse Thibel for J.J. Reddick? No, definitely no. not. What did Dallas give up for him? I don't even know. It wasn't James much. Johnson. They gave up James Johnson for J.J. Yeah, Reddick. Right, a UFC fighter. Yeah, that's all, like that's your value right now in today's NBA on the trade market, J.J. Reddick. 
James Johnson, when once upon a time you were commanding $20 million for your th- three-point shooting services, now, if, now you're, Jan- you're a James Johnson trade piece. If being in the same t- – in being – with your family because your kids starting kindergarten and because of COVID rules, you, you wouldn't be allowed to bring them to visit you. If that's your first priority and you're at the point in your career that you are, if you're JJ Reddick, retire and go live in Brooklyn and do your podcast and be with your family. And, and then come back in the season. Plus million dollars that you've probably made in your life. Yeah. Retire because, for a year and then come back in a season and sign right, for a veteran year off. Contract. Lots yeah. of players in lots of different leagues have taken time off because they didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. So mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for him at all. I hope, mm-hmm. I think he said that he's going to, um, you know, honor this deal or whatever. And, and he already told Mark Cuban that he's not upset that he's a Maverick or whatever, which is what you kind of got to say, but it doesn't sound like he's very happy to be there, but this I might be big of JJ Reddick to play for $11 million in Dallas, Texas in a tax free state. I mean, right. that's mighty big of him. Yeah. But, uh, if if Reddick Reddick was was doing a little bit better recently, you know, the last month or two than he was at the beginning of the year, uh, he's he's a lot. What uh, Reddick of a couple years ago is what Dallas really needs for mm-hmm. sure. They need some. All uh, Seth Curry, right? Yeah, like, and I think they're really you know feeling the that deal didn't work out for them. I think they have buyer's remorse for sure on that trade. And I think that's why you saw them go after Reddick like that. But obviously the price wasn't too much. So, yeah, I mean, on Dallas's part, we didn't talk about this on our show on Dallas's part. I think that's a not a bad move. I mean, what, right. James Johnson isn't giving you very much. You bring in a guy who get, is a spot up shooter in JJ Reddick, who's probably going to get some of the best looks that he's had in quite a little while. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe this benefits both sides. Maybe that's why JJ Reddick is willing to sacrifice his his body and play for eleven million dollars and and you know who Dallas. I would take over JJ Reddick right now and this is I think saying something maybe I'm crazy but I don't know who's that Tony Snell mm. I would take Tony Snell over over JJ Reddick right now okay. who's Tony Snell Tony you know what Snell. I mean I mean he's a good player I mean but is he good did, enough to demand where he goes I'm no <laughs> shooting fifty seven percent from three this year. Is James Johnson the guy that he was traded for JJ Reddick? Is he good enough to command where he goes? No, no. Has so, he ever I mean, been? No, he, I feel like those guys are just glad that they're on a team every year. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys, because for a lot of guys, if it's just getting your foot in the door and you become this kind of journeyman and you go around the league getting two, three year deals, middle of the pack contracts, and you know you hit on a team and you get a fifteen million dollar right. a year contract, yeah. And, you know, I don't even think James Johnson ever even really reached that level where he was d- demanded fifteen million a year. Or anything he got like it. That. He got it, and I think Miami. I think they. I paid think him. he did, but I don't yeah. think he deserved it. I, don't I think mean, he was ever good enough? There's not. I, I guess if you're talking about deserving, I mean, there's players of his magnitude that have made that amount of money. I mean, yeah. uh, Cristiano Felicio out of um, Chicago. I think they paid him like ten million a year. Right. So, I, I just mean. You know, I don't think he he would never even enter my mind in the list of guys <laughs> that could demand where they want to go. I'm not even close. So not even close. Point. Yeah, and JJ, I mean, UFC fighter, one of the best shooters ever in in basketball. I mean, it's not to say that 
he's a bad player, that he's a bad guy, that I don't appreciate his willingness to make his, you know, voice heard. Or I do right. love the fact that he's so accessible and his thoughts and opinions are so accessible. It's just the fact that like at some point he's smart, man. Like, and that's what kills me. It's not like he's an uneducated guy, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he's very intelligent for him to sit there and say something like, you know, he, that David Grifford said that he would try and it didn't happen. Like, okay. Like try could mean that he, that he reached out to someone and they said no. And he said, okay, like now I have to do what's best for me. That's what trying means. Maybe, maybe he knows something we don't and he just doesn't want to put it all out there or something. Because if, if it was, if it wasn't like, maybe there was a deal in place or he had something that he could have done that he turned down. And maybe that rubbed JJ the wrong way. I don't I know. I feel like JJ would have said that. Though. I mean, if you're if you're familiar just the with idea JJ. that he said he would try getting upset enough to say basically that you can't trust this guy anymore is yeah. is a little crazy to me. And, and poor New Orleans, I'm sure they're going to have a really tough time getting guys who want to play next to Zion Williamson. Yeah, I don't know who would want to play with that guy. Geez, he's not any good. No, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's having any fun either, does he? <laughs> no, I don't know. So. I don't mean to get off track here or extend the show, but is Zion Williamson a guy that you think players are going to want to play with? 100%. Yes. Why? Uh, For one, I think he just has this like childlike love for the game kind of. Okay. So he's Brett Favre is what you're telling. He looks like he's, yeah, maybe Maybe. (laughs) he looks like he's having fun. I, I, I just think, he's going to win a lot of games. I think he's going to put up crazy big numbers. That's I think. fun for us though. Like the childlike love for the game. That's fun for us. Do you think NBA players care about like, I want to play with a guy who looks like he's like having childlike faith. Probably not. Probably. I mean, probably I don't know. Not. I'd I'm, probably be naive to say that it mattered much. Yeah. But how long before he's at the point where guys are wanting to, to join up on his team at the end of the bench to have him take them to the finals. You don't think, think that players him, would look at him as like a black hole once he gets the ball? No. You don't think so? I don't, I don't think so, no. Not really. I don't think he even knows how to play the game right yet, and he's doing crazy things. I think once he once he figures out the NBA game a little bit more and develops a little bit more, and I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't. I think he he's shown up to this point that he can do just about whatever's been asked of him. Um, and... I just think it'd be, I think he, they play a fun brand of basketball. I think having Brandon Ingram there helps too. Mm -hmm. playing with those two guys. I mean, I said it, I think almost two years ago and for a a long time, I felt really, really stupid about saying it, but (laughs) I I said it on Facebook that I thought Brandon Ingram might end up being better than um, um, Jason Tatum. And it's not as crazy of a, of a, of a thought now as it was then it looks a while there, like it, to it. it would never happen yeah. but brandon ingram's numbers are pretty damn good and the celtics aren't really playing that great this year but they're and playing better than the pelicans they are but they're also are they that little, much better than the pelicans like roster they're a little bit older i think they've been billed as better for a long time i think everybody thinks they should be better i, I think Kemba walker's real, a better for better real, third are, than what are are the are the is the Celtics roster really that much if at all better than the Pelicans? 
maybe not better. No, I don't really think so. I think it was when they had Hayward. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I, I wouldn't be asking is. that question if Hayward was on. The I team. think two or three years ago when they had Al Horford and Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, they they should have been. A lot. I mean, I think Gordon Hayward was probably still hurt, but yeah, they they should like, have been better than they were. Game in, he got hurt yeah. for the year, so yeah. I think that that roster would have been something special if it had worked out. And then Kyrie um, was hurt for a good stretch. I like we, you and I love Marcus Smart, so I think that mm-hmm. adds something to this team for sure. Um, I'm not. But a they big, got Lonzo Ball. I'm not a big fan of Kemba Walker. Um, Nikhil Alexander Walker is kind of funky too. I like Nikhil Alexander Walker. I just think. Port, or I mean, um, New Orleans is three or four years behind Boston in terms of age overall. I just think they're kind of the same level talent wise. They're just a lot younger. I mean, I, mean, I know Boston is that much older. I mean, they got they're not older. They're not that much older, but they are. I think in two years they got Kimba. Orleans, like Kimba's their old guy. New Orleans will be in two years what Boston has been the last few years. Right now, I think. Is Bledsoe is Bledsoe older than Kimball Walker? Who? Bledsoe. He might be. I mean, and and they have Bledsoe. He's I don't thirty one. So, that doesn't he's, sound right. He's thirty one. And then Kimball Walker, I'm pulling it up, is thirty. Yeah, Bledsoe, wow. Bledsoe is older than Kimba. Huh. Interesting. Well, so I mean, and they folks. got Stephen, and they got Stephen Adams too. Yeah. No, I like. I like New Orleans roster. I just think that you're expecting a guy who's in his first full season and a, a and Brandon Ingram who just figured it out last year to a lot. You're asking a lot of those guys when there's not really anybody else who's won a lot around them. You know, Stephen Adams has played a lot of winning basketball, but he was never really the reason. And I mean, other than that, I think the Pelicans are, are one of the youngest teams, aren't they? I I would have to look at their average age. I mean, the Celtics got to be I one of the younger ones. Zion. I think guys want to play with Zion. I think he'd be fun to play with. I could see where you'd get him as a black hole, but he's twenty years old and he and look what he's done. Like it's yeah. unreal. I mean, that's kind of like where I where I'm living at because in New Orleans, he's going to ask to just score, 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 mm-hmm. and I I don't know how attractive that is for for free agents. Oh, I for, I think a, a free agent that's in the level of looking to be the third star on a, on a team that's up and coming, because I, I I don't know that they need to get another top level scorer. They score with the best. I don't think they need another superstar, so to speak. I think they have to, there are going to be, they need a rim protector and a probably they need a, a a big athletic center to Mm -hmm. play with Zion. I think how many, so it's funny. We talked about this, that the center has gone away and now it's like, oh, all this team needs is a big man. All this team right. needs is a big the man. The center never went away. It just changed. And it took guys a couple of years to to make the change, I think. Yeah. People wrote a bunch of guys off who have shown that a lot of NBA players can do a lot of things that you don't really expect just by working on it. That's why they're in the NBA. They're good at basketball. Yeah. Like you're in the NBA because you're a freak athlete with some talent and some know-how. And all it takes those guys to get good at something is the know-how and the practice. Like it's not like half the NBA couldn't shoot 10 years ago. They just weren't asked to a lot. Yeah. A lot of them not outside like they are now. And it's not like these guys couldn't have done this for the last 50 years. If that's the way the game was played, you can't tell me these guys, if, if the game was played the way it is today, 
20, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, the best players would still come out on top because that they're there for a reason. They have just abilities that a lot of people don't. So kind of get good at just about anything. Was the defense that much better in yesteryear or was the offense that much worse in yesteryear? Uh, you're talking about the nineties, nineties, eighties. I mean, you're talking about like far back, like the sixties and in that era, it was, and then it was all offense bad. Yeah. Nobody could shoot. And they, they ran up and down the court. Like you wouldn't believe, I think they, I read something somewhere where like, if you created the same pace in the nineties as you did when like Wilt and, and Bill Russell played like, there would have been like six straight seasons where Rod, uh, Dennis Rodman would average like 35 rebounds a game or something crazy like that just mm. because of the amount of missed shots that there were. So if you go to the 90s, I mean, was it or was it just the way the the rules were made it a lot easier to play defense? You took you a, lot a lot more physical. Out. I was hoping you were just going to pick one. I mean, I, I you went the route that I would have gone to be honest yeah. with you if you would have asked me. It was just a random thought I had because I'm like Um no, I don't I don't really think it was. I I you you heard me ask you about that show this summer. I wasn't I wasn't joking. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to show people who are convinced that the 90s was just this great era of basketball. I want to get on NBA TV and show them some of those late night games when it's like 92 to 87 and four guys got ejected for getting in a fight earlier in the game and it's just <laughs> every time someone t- goes one on one they just cook a guy and then they get their head taken off by the center. That's, that's good that's defense. Good. Sure. I mean they didn't score. Yeah, I mean, so whatever. Yeah. Take your pick, really. Honestly, if you like physical basketball, you like physical basketball. If you like free flowing, fast paced, high scoring basketball, you're probably going to like today's product more. Uh, yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I don't I know think, that the yeah. 90s were amazing, but I think the early <laughs> 2000s were pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, that was more hero ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty fun, though. I liked some of those guys from back then. What I like to tell people is like, if you like basketball, it doesn't matter what era you, you watch, right? But like people our age, I think that they could relate to this, right? Like 90s basketball was WWF and today's uh-huh. basketball is WWE. Like Agreed. That's just, it's just to me, that's like the best illustration that I could give you. Like overall wrestlers are more skilled now to today. Just like I think, this is my opinion, I think that basketball players are more skilled today. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about just like, better personality wise who drew better ratings like what was like more edgier cutting edge like right marketable time for both industries it was the 90s with wwf and it was the 90s with would you rather NBA. watch pregame would you rather watch russell westbrook and james harden playing on different teams come to half court and have a dance dance off or would you rather during the game see Charles Barkley try to literally kill someone from the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> literally, like, didn't care if he knocked his teeth out, didn't care if he broke his jaw. Like, this dude is going my, to my rim and he's going to end up on the floor. I don't care how it happens. Would like, you rather watch it's entertaining? Would you rather watch Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving hug each other before the game? Or would you rather watch Charles Barkley try to tackle Shaquille O'Neal? I'd rather take that. I'd rather watch Latrell Sprewell have to be pulled back at half court because he's yelling at the, he's like worked himself into a lather screaming at nobody on the other team. He's so he's so mad because he used to play there. I mean, Stuff if you're like also that. talking like NBA 
and WWF, like the Indiana Pacers are like degeneration X when right. the, you know, with the, the malice in the palace, like that's, mm-hmm. That's the ultimate, like, WWE. Kind of thank them for the NBA going the way it's gone because when that happened, everything changed. Like, you weren't allowed to dress a certain way. You had to, you couldn't go anywhere near a fan. You were going to be kicked out of the league if you looked at David Stern the wrong way for about a mm-hmm. six month period, it looked like there. Yeah. And he, it, everything completely changed. Basketball used to be so much more physical. Yeah, I mean, it was almost to where it was geared more towards the adults than it was the kids. Yeah. And now basketball is just like this family-friendly product, and that and that's nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But and, and the same goes with WWE now. You know, they they said you know they said get the f out, you know, and yep. they changed it to WWE, and now is more family-friendly, like John Cena and LeBron James. I mean, I mean, the correlations are pretty much endless between wrestling and basketball. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I've thought about this a, way longer than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> often actually you know if you had to compare nba players to wrestlers so i definitely see see what you're getting at and i i agree too but I, there was there was some a lot of really bad basketball mixed in there too and there's i think a lot of a bad lot wrestling of really bad basketball mixed in today though too i think there's a lot of bad teams there's as many bad teams now in the nba as there was 20 or 30 years ago there's as many good teams i mean you look at like average wins of the teams that the Jordan Bulls played in the finals, it's like 61 wins a year. That's yeah. a lot. That's a really good teams. And I just think that you don't get as much of that today because guys move around so much. You don't get eight or nine years of, of Sean Kemp and, and Gary Payton figuring it out and the, the front office having time to put guys around them that put them in a good position to win. You know, it's, it's right now or never kind of thing. Yeah. And, so that may have may have you know spread the talent of, of the, in the league around a little bit more, and maybe it was a little more top heavy. I don't I don't know. I'm I haven't thought that much about it. But when you said it, they're more skilled today. I think it's just different skill sets. I don't know yeah. that they're necessarily more skilled. It's just they're it's a they're different. I don't know that there's anybody that can go in the post and have has an, has good fo- post footwork anymore. And that's fair. I I agree with that. When I say more skilled, I'm mm-hmm. talking about um, aesthetically pleasing skilled, right? Yeah, like for sure, y- you it like comes to- off as more skilled because they score more and they get more assists and stuff like that. And I've actually brought yeah. up that same point. You know, it is different skilled because I still think that you know with what we're seeing with the MVPs now, and you have two centers for the first time, and I don't know how long. Um, those two guys, they're not particularly super skilled in the post, but they have at their size, they have a unique skill that makes them a, a, a difficult cover. And right. that's, that's what you saw with Tim Duncan. That's what you saw with Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, Rasheed Wallace, Amare Stoudemire. Like you had guys who could control the paint in a bunch of different ways. They had moves and counter moves. That guys now are lucky to even have a move. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an article on ESPN's website today about the three moves that define the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's a straight line drive dunk, a step back three. Yep. Or a, 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 I think a step back jumper, and then a deep pull up three. Yep. And I don't know. Is that? How, how it, it, it's hard those are hard things to do but is is a That's straight line dunk, say it's more skilled. is a straight line dunk a skill or is that because you're just big and fast and athletic and you can do it and nobody else can 
I mean, where where do you sep- do you separate athleticism from being a skill? Because not everyone can do it. Right. No, I think I think athleticism in a way is a skill, but I think it's one of those things also that at some point you've either got it or you don't. Well, I mean, the same could be said with being a great ball handler. Yeah, not but I don't know that, that those type of skills are much more learnable than the ability to jump and run and be six foot 11. You don't really have a say in that. I mean, you kind of do. I mean, people actually train to do those things. I could train my whole life and I'm never going to be able to jump half as high as Russell Westbrook. It's just never going to happen. I could you train out. your whole life and dribble the ball like Kyrie Irving more than I could jump. Like could you, Brett could Westbrook. you train your, could you train Not your whole life? And no, but I could do a better, I could do a more passable job of that than I could have learning how to jump. You can't really, you can only get so athletic. I don't know. I, know. I mean, if, if you, I mean me, myself, if I ate better, if I drank the things that I was supposed to drink, if I, practice to do those things you get better and and that's all i'm saying like i'm not trying to argue with like which one is more but i'm also Mm -hmm. saying that like one they're like being athletic is something that you can like i could be more athletic than i am right now and it it would could you hang in the air like michael jordan no but i also couldn't dribble the ball like Kyrie Irving, no matter how hard i tried true that's probably true and that's what i'm saying like you could get a lot i just think if you're talking in terms of overall i think you can get a lot closer to Kyrie irving's dribbling ability than you ever could hanging in the air like michael jordan and that's just where you are right now conceptually without practicing it like maybe you do get to the point where you're like i don't know maybe i should start running and jumping because i'm never going to get maybe. this handle right you're prob- there's there's probably something to be said about that i mean Kyrie's pretty impressive with what he can do with the ball it's almost like it's like a yo-yo you know or, or if you don't like Kyrie, if i'm you know burning your ears right now what alan iverson you know could you handle the ball like alan Iverson? Oh. you know like Whoever, pick, pick your favorite ball handler. And pick I think favorite. athleticism has something to do with that, though, too, a little bit. I don't think I can put my body in the types of positions and angles that Allen Iverson can do on the court, and I don't think I'd ever be – I just don't have the coordination. I don't have the athleticism. I don't have the skill. Whatever you want to call it, it's – At some point, you can try to – and that's why I brought this up, Austin. At some point, you can try to segment them all away from each other, but at some point, they all connect. Like, that's yeah. all my thing is, like – For sure. At some point, athleticism and skill set are the same. You know, like, yeah, because these guys so don't is Giannis. How skilled is Giannis? I think that he's pretty skilled. I think so, too. I, I mean, I, I think he's got a lot of skill, but to compared be to the rest of the MVPs tall, in NBA history, is Giannis more or less skilled than the mo- than most of the MVPs? I don't know. Like, is he so is he the bottom of like the one percent? Maybe. I don't know. Like, but he's still on the one percent. Right. Yeah. Is he more skilled than Shaq? I, yeah, I would say so. Okay. I mean, Shaq could run a Olajuwon. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, like, I don't think could ever Euro step. No. Or, but or, I if mean, if he played in 2021, would Shaquille O'Neal be 300 pounds, though? Probably not. He <laughs> might look like more like Orlando Shaquille O'Neal his whole career. He might, yeah. you know, And again, I'm not saying that Shaquille O'Neal has. couldn't dribble or couldn't run. I'm just saying not, I don't know. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to make people mad by saying this. I think that Giannis is more, skilled in some areas now granted like i know that shaq is bigger than him i know that shaq is stronger than him i know that shaq had post moves that he was a really good passer too and he's probably not much slower honestly prime shaq like orlando shaq i don't know right i don't know i would have to i would have to look really hard at that like 
the nostalgia in me feels like that Shaq would be, but I don't know. I just, just I say know. it's Shaq, man. Come on. <laughs> could Sha- could Shaq player of all time? You can't give me anything. Yeah, I have Shaq right. I think ninth all time on my rank list. So like, if I if you I think I'm disrespecting seven. Shaq, I have Shaq ninth all time in NBA history. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that was a rabbit hole that I didn't intend to get down on today. But well, my whole point with asking you all that was just that just what is you know people talk about it's being more skilled today and i just think mm-hmm. like like i said before it, all of this comes back to the fact that it's it's just different skill sets yeah because. i don't and, and to say that like athleticism is, isn't a skill mm-hmm. like how many more players in today's nba are more athletic than they used to be and like how does sure. that happen do you think that it's just like we're genetically mutating like our children now or like probably do, do you think so that's that's a really big rabbit hole if you want to go down that. No, I don't want to do that because I, I know that there I know that there is radiating our bones as we speak. Yeah, I know that there are breadcrumbs that you could trace. Five G is is the reason for COVID, man. Don't let me don't don't <laughs> get me started. Oh, okay. That's what some guy at the gas station down the street told me once. <laughs> so, you know, as he asked you for, as he asked you really for dialed in. Questions. It's they don't even call them bodegas here. It's just a gas station. You know, I'm sure Chris has got guys stories about the guy at the bodega in New York, but it's just a gas station go. here. And the guy's just a little bit more of a hillbilly. It's the same thing, though. It's the same thing. A loony is a loony. You know, no he's really tapped into what's really going on with the Illuminati and all that stuff. So, yeah, it has to be true, right? <laughs> all right. So, wow, this was fun, man. I, I I had no idea what I signed up for today. Yeah, it kind of went off the rails there. I, I hope everybody knows I'm joking about all that stuff. I was just kidding around. I don't know if they're still listening. uh, Ultimately, just to tie a bow on it, as as you guys like to say. um, We went from JJ Reddick to the Illuminati. Every era of basketball is as good as every other era at certain things and not as good in others. There's no real way to compare them. The rules are different. The players are different. Everything's different, but everyone wins at the same time. I don't think you, you take the best of the best from every era and put them in whatever era they figure it out. I think ultimately that's, that's kind of what my point is with all of this. Um, But to get back to the original topic of JJ Reddick, he's not where near in that list. He doesn't belong in this conversation about the greatest of all time or what they can and can't do. And I don't think he's a guy that should be, demanding where he ends up and being too upset about being told that they were going to try. Yeah. You know, and then saying that like, well, my manager, like my agent's going to have something to say about this. And right. Unfortunately, that's how the NBA works now though. Like it's agent driven. I think a lot of it probably is, but I mean, look at at time. Rob Polinka is in charge. Like is the general manager of the Lakers. Where do you get his start? He's Leon Rose. Oh, I get that, but is he friends with a bunch of other agents? You think? I don't I mean, know. Are they friends or do they are they are they rivals? I don't know. I mean, I'm friends with I other. I know how that business works. I don't know. Maybe they're friends, but maybe all the other agents secretly hate Rob Flinka because he got a, a job on the other side and he like stabbed him in the back. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can well, get maybe an they agent just all on don't the like show. each other because they're all going for the same money. I mean, do you think that if we ask the agent on the show if they hate other agents that he would be f- up front or she would be up front and telling well, we us? Yeah, find a young one that doesn't understand how the business works yet. <laughs> we got to find an agent probably, we can manipulate. Probably, <laughs> I, I don't I think they become good agents by not, you know, 
saying that kind of stuff. It's like being a beat reporter is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think that matters anymore, though, either. I think beat reporters nowadays just say whatever they want. I don't think I I think in the 90s you had to worry about what what players thought because the team wouldn't let you in the locker room. I think beat reporters care. I think major media analysts don't care. Yeah. I think beat reporters do care because beat like these major analysts, like they will talk to these beat writers when they want to like actually learn something. Right. Or, yeah, or you're probably right about that. The, the guys yeah. that work at the major networks are, they're more TV personalities than they are reporters anyway. And when a big story breaks and they want to get, they, who do they always bring on? They bring on the local beat writer who is like yep. my is reputation and, and, and livelihood is on the line for how accurate. But if you ask Woj, he'd tell you that those are the guys to know. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, those are Woj's people. Yeah. Tell you what, this trade deadline, Woj showed everybody who's the man, didn't he? Did he though? Like, I need people to, I need people to explain that to me because I felt like Shams was like was there too. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know I if Woj, it was head Woj and shoulders knocked it out of the park this year. What did he do that Shams didn't do? What do they ever do that the other one doesn't? Well, that's what I'm asking. I get their like, tweets and they're the you're identical the one that tweets. Said that he knocked him out of the water. Woj, Woj puts out articles and he works for ESPN so people know him more. That's what it is, really. Shams puts out articles and works at Stadium. So, I mean, like, isn't, isn't one of the companies he works for from Canada? Did he, <laughs> did he come from Canada or something? Why did you say that? Like, it's a bad thing. I was like, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's a Canadian you're company. You're comparing a Canadian t- uh, sports <laughs> network to ESPN. It's just, I'm sorry. It's not did a bad thing. Did he work for all. one of them Canadian <laughs> companies? It's just, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm not anti-Canada. I think Canada's a nice place. I think they're nice people. But are they, if in a cutthroat business like sports media, do you expect a, Can- a guy from a Canadian news network to, to, you know, beat out the jerk from America? I don't. I'm not doing I'm not doing this. I promise everybody, I like Canada. I like everybody. I don't want to have any issues with anyone ever. I love everybody. Just saying. Woj is at ESPN and Shams is at Shams is at Stadium or wherever else he is. I think he's with the Athletic too or something, isn't he? I think I think he does. Whatever it is, it's way bigger that. than what I'm doing. I'm sitting in my kitchen talking about him. Yeah. All right. Let's not start trashing our show right now. We're trying to gain credibility. So well, we're credible. This is just a weird episode. This is a really weird episode. Is, I, I'm having a lot of fun. None of like. 99.3% of this was not planned. So right. the JJ no, Reddick was planned and we have fallen into wonderland with the rest of it. Yeah, we have. Yeah. But we have. sometimes that happens and it's been, it's been a, enjoyable for sure. I'm like, I've had, I've enjoyed myself. Yeah. Me too. It's one of the, the more fun episodes that I, that I've done. Do you want to get out of I here? Kinda, or you want to keep talking crazy? I kind of, I'm, I'm good to go. We can let the people go, <laughs> man. I, I spent all morning, pissing everybody off on twitter about my aaron Rodgers takes that oh my goodness everybody thought were true so yeah i know you're a troll trolling for one day i wasn't trolling with my elon manning takes i wholeheartedly mean that what what were your takes is he a hall of famer or not no he shouldn't be a hall of famer and but i've come to grips said he will be but yeah there's also the argument now that he should be a first ballot hall of famer and i vehemently disagree that there's a lot of guys with worse careers than his that are in the Hall of Fame, and he's got the name. So I, I agree with you. I think he'll be in there, but I don't know that he's 
I've come to grips that he'll get in. Uh, he shouldn't be nowhere near first ballot, though. But he, he's exactly 500 for his career. He Isn't that convenient hard- that he retired like right before he fell beneath 500? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how, you, how you do it. He's never really that far above 500, though, either. Like his whole career, he was right around 500 for most of his career. And he hardly ever even made the playoffs other than the two years they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But- and he was like, I heard the argument that at best he had one season where he was the fifth best. Everybody, this is now a football show. So if you want to keep listening, feel free. <laughs> Please. We, we, yeah, we're not just pigeonholed into basketball. I mean, we are here on the show for the most yeah. part, but we're we like sports. So, yep. Um, I like to pretend like I don't know a whole lot about football, but I'm I I know what I'm talking about most of the time. I'm usually yeah. When people let me on their shows, like I I like to say that I'm just a basketball guy. Did you see my list of players with fewer interceptions than Aaron Rodgers that like freaked everybody out? No, dude. I, so I was I was away from my phone, and I came back and saw. I scrolled through. I couldn't read it all. It was I was like, like Mark Sanchez and Charlie Batch, and I had I think Tebow was on there. You know, guys that <laughs> played half the amount of time as Aaron Rodgers is the only reason. Of course, David yeah. Carr, uh, mm-hmm. Elvis Gerback. Because I don't make an argument that he had all these seasons with so few interceptions. And I said, well, all these guys had fewer interceptions in their career than him. Yeah. Obviously, I'm joking. But for my Elon Manning game manager and almost got murdered. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I was like, so I asked for the footnotes and they were like, people still fighting about Eli Manning. Aaron Rodgers is a game manager and Call of Duty. I'm like, I Eli Manning sucks. Rodgers isn't a game manager and I don't play Call of Duty. No, I'm just a bitter Bears fan that doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm not too big to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I trashed Eli Manning like all week. So I like Eli Manning. I think he needs to go in the Hall of Fame with that face as his, on his bust. You know, the one where he's like getting helped up off the field and he's looking around like he doesn't know where he is. The Manning face. <laughs> you mean like, like he normally looks? Is that exactly. The Manning face. He, they yeah. need to like, do it as good as possible and not I just have they're related to the felt like he's just got the snot beat out of him. I think they're like the ugly cousins to the Phelps family. I don't know. I'm interested to see if Peyton Manning's bust is bigger than all the rest because he's got quite a big head. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's got one of the biggest heads in the Hall of Fame. We're talking about heads. Tell me that forehead isn't huge. I saw it every Sunday. Yeah. It's bright red because this helmet was too small. <laughs> No, but uh, both the Mannings are going to end up in the Hall of Fame, probably. I would say, but let's 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 let the people go, Stephen. Let's let the people go. Let's let me go. I'm losing it. All right, so um, stop holding you hostage. For everybody who has um, watched or listened to us, you know, live or on the podcast, um, thank you so much for your support. It genuinely means a lot. Um, it, you know, Austin, you say it all the time, you know, anyone who takes the time out of their day to listen to us talk, you know, truly today talk nonsense. You know, we uh, usually we're a little bit more buttoned up and professional and know what we're going to say. And mm-hmm. I feel like we were for the first hour and 15 minutes or so. Yeah. If you listen to us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, that's why we do segments and we're so regimented because. Right. We get on a JJ Reddit conversation. Next thing you know, we're talking about we talked about the WWF and mm-hmm. the Illuminati and how ugly the Mannings stuff. are. Yeah, I didn't say ugly. I said one has a big head and the other one had his goof has a goofy look on his face. I mean, take that however you want. I'm sorry that I I'm sorry that I colored between the lines that you gave me, Austin. Hey, but 
that's the point. We don't actually say the thing. We just lead up to it and let everybody else think that we said the thing. There you go. All right. So I'm going to say the thing now. And uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, support for the show is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BTG at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code BTG. Unlock your confidence. And as always, Austin, use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Can you believe there's people that you used to use or probably still do all the same thing for everywhere they shave? Oh, dude, no, no, that's not that's not okay, guys. No, please. It never was. It never was. But it's especially not now that you can go to something like Manscaped. Yeah. Now that Manscaped has the lawnmower 3.0 and it's got I've held this. It feels like, do you know, the Thanos meme where he's Uh holding the the blade and it's like perfectly balanced as all things should be. Uh Um, that's what I feel like when I hold the lawnmower 3.0. Nice. Perfectly balanced. It feels good in your hand when you're using it. It's very uh, user friendly. I guess is the best way I can phrase it. Good. It's a an area where it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I've used other razors. I mean, just being honest, I've used other products that weren't the lawnmower, and I've you know had accidents, you know, nicks and stuff like that. It's very painful. It takes a couple of days to recover from fully, and. Uh, no, not one single accident with the lawnmower 3.0. Nice. Not know, the way the NBA is going nowadays, you don't want to jeopardize the playing time at all. These guys will take a day off for anything. So yeah, dude, a lost toenail. Come on, but you didn't know, but you won't you lose a toenail on this manscaped. Right. I use the foot duster that they have and uh very refreshing. I use the crop nice. duster. Also very refreshing. Um, Underwear is comfortable. Shirts are comfortable. Okay. The travel case like they, that they put they, it, it in. Sounds like is, they know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah, I mean, two million men worldwide trust it, so I don't know how you can beat it. Right, I truly don't. All right, Austin, you got a so, deal for everybody too, so it's great. Yeah. BTG at Manscaped.com. We're pretty good friends with them. You know, you tell them we sent you, and they'll hook you up with twenty percent off and free shipping. I mean, right. The best thing you could do next is steal from them, which is illegal. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't steal. No, you <laughs> don't want to steal right, from Austin. a company that makes razor blades. I think they could do some damage yeah yeah all, all right. right Austin. let's get out of here man um Sounds appreciate good. you as always dude you our too, next man. show will be coming out you know on monday on the nothing minute channel on dash radio we're on every monday sure. friday 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific you can catch best us there time to listen to the radio best time to listen to the radio going home from work so um and if you got us on the podcast you can listen to us whenever if you're driving to and from work you're working outside you're playing basketball i like to listen to podcasts while i'm shooting around a little bit me too yeah so i mean Mowing there's the never a, everything yeah there's never a bad time to be listening to us so appreciate y'all thank you austin thank y'all friends thank we'll you. catch up with you guys next time much love everybody have a good one